You're listening to DraftKings Network. David Perron seems like he has a good personality and he likes fancy stats. That's because who Sarah I'm a wants fucking to be nerd. With I don't want to talk about my. <laughs> I cancel. I'm sorry. I need somebody with an awful personality and who doesn't know how to count. Um. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. This is Allison Lucan. And as always, I'm joined by Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. And fresh off, unfortunately, a first-round playoff loss on Earth 2, we have Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you coping with this news? My God, I, I can't believe they blew a 3-1 lead. They had it right there, and they had Morozik kept putting up shutouts, which I kept making up, and Pluto kept making up. I don't think we realized that we had him doing so many shutouts, but it was a riveting series. <laughs> but everybody thought the Bruins would win anyway. It's just heartbreaking the way it went down. Was it, I mean, was it weird to, how did that all go down? Like, did, did you just get game results from Dom and that, like, how did that all happen? <laughs> it was actually so much fun. It lifted my spirits. Um, we just kept, he kept doing it and then he'd be like, all right, um, this is the probability for this win. This is the probability for this loss. And here are the results. And then um, the number in the middle, like as close as it was to the middle, mm-hmm. meant how close the game was. And then he was like, all right, whoever's team wins, makes the um the gamer and we just made up quotes and made it was so much fun and i felt like i was on the oregon trail and we don't have the best jake debrusque impression ever <laughs> that's fantastic well it was the canes deserved a better fate we're sorry to, to know that that they are officially out of the postseason but bright days lay ahead for the canes hopefully um, we always start off our episode with a shit list update. Unfortunately, we have companies continuing to understandably having to make maybe some difficult decisions, but it's all in how they handle it. And Shana, what are our updates to the shit list this week? So uh, I think if you're on Twitter at all, you've probably seen this. Uh, there's been a lot going on with Sports Illustrated. They are, is it, are they owned by Maven now, I think yes. it is? Yeah. And then they partnered with the Hockey News, who we've seen, the Hockey News, uh, if I remember correctly, laid off numerous writers and then brought them back, I think yes. it was. Yes, yes. And then, uh, I guess not this, the second time around, it wasn't, you know, all at once, it was more like one by one, they were uh, laying people off again or eliminating their positions and then... Sports Illustrated, the same was happening with salaries cut and roles changing and more writers on their way out, which it seems is a maven signature. So it's it's really sad to see because Sports Illustrated has been such it's such like an, an iconic part of sports media for so long. And obviously you don't want this to be the end for them, but you want to see some good come out of this. And I don't see what the good is right now if numerous writers are losing their job and having their salaries slashed even you know, even with these times in mind, it just seems like a lot. <sighs> Sarah, any reaction to our sadly ever-growing shit list? It's just sad, and I just saw um, the Pro Women's Lacrosse League that was just created a few years ago is they're canceling their season next season. Mm. It's just really sad to see all the like all of these things kind of go away and the ramifications and knowing we're not close to seeing the end of these ramifications on our world but um i just really my heart breaks for everybody involved and um just it's just really sad to see one thing i've started to see i don't know if you guys have seen this i think it's it's going to be very interesting and you know sarah you come from a big 10 world as well where football is king and you know it's commenting on how ncaa schools if there's no football season the financial ramifications across all sports, which it's going to be very interesting because, and you might understand this better than I, but like we know they have a gazillion dollars in endowments and the like. So it's hard to understand how one season could be a death knell, but it's going to be very interesting to watch that financially. I don't know if you know more about that. Well, I was actually talking to um, a few people from Penn State for the story that I'm trying to write, but I keep erasing all of it and writing it over and over again um, because we're in quarantine and I have all the time in the world and it has to be perfect. But um, <laughs> these people were like, I think 
schools like Penn State with um, and Ohio State um, won't really have to worry about that yet. But um, other schools, it's going to like be a serious issue, and uh, it's going to be pretty sweeping. And it just just sucks. And you just wonder how long is it permanent? Is it not? Um, we've just never seen anything like this before, and it's things that you don't even consider, right? That like are are happening. Totally, totally. Well, we turned it over to our beloved listeners. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging in with us through all of this um, to hear about some topics they wanted to talk about. So we do have some hockey to, to discuss, even though there's none actually being played. And, and one of the questions that came out first, and Shana, I'll start with you. We've talked about kind of what brought us to the sport in general, but how did you go from being a fan, following the game, to actually writing about hockey? What got you into hockey writing itself? Um, I didn't want to get into hockey writing <laughs> or sports writing. It was, like, the last thing I wanted to do. So uh, I went to college for journalism, and I hated it and quit after a <laughs> month. Um, so I then got my business degree and started taking sports management classes to, like uh, for electives. And I was going to go to grad school for accounting. And when my sister and my mom were at the NYU like uh, orientation for my younger sister who was going, uh, they brought home all these sports packets because they had a sports business grad program. So I ended up going there. And for an internship, I started writing at Sport Techie. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to learn about writing. I just need to know what I'm writing about. And I'll make it work because I'm an OK writer. And um, I stuck to like things that were outside of the game. You know, I, I did not want to touch anything in game. Talk about player analysis. I hated all of that. So I stuck to that and things about like tech. And every chance I got, I started writing more about hockey and then uh, sports analytics and hockey analytics. And before I knew it, I was like, you know, maybe I should give this a shot and start writing about actual game things and player things because I like doing everything around it. And I was so worried it was going to like ruin watching hockey for me and make it like a job and like in so many ways it has and it changes how you watch a game but and how you're a fan of the game or the team that you're a fan of but like I also realized I'm sitting there not writing for anyone and I'm literally looking up stats after totally. the game like yeah on war on ice <laughs> and arguing you know I got into hockey analytics I think the first thing I did was to prove Anton Strollman was actually good because I was arguing it with someone and I was like, no, no, <laughs> you're wrong. He's good. Let me tell you why. And so before I knew it, I was like, maybe I should start doing this. And here I am all this time later <laughs> doing exactly what I did not want to do. Every time I'm like, no, I don't want to do something. Here I am. So. <laughs> Sarah, your path is fun. Tell us yeah. yours does go back to Penn State. Anton Strawman, that's how they get you. More like Anton Strawman, am I right? <laughs> um, okay, well, I think what I tell people who ask for advice about how to be a sports journalist the most is that you have to like writing more than you like the sport. Mm. Um, I liked writing my entire life, and I always wanted to do something with writing, whether it would be, um, I wanted to be a historian, so I went to school for history, and I also loved hockey and I was super homesick and the Bruins were good. And I started tweeting about the Bruins and I had like a little Twitter fam of Bruins fandom. And if you look up some of my tweets, um, I haven't erased all of them yet. I got a new Twitter after I realized I wanted to be a journalist for a lot of reasons, but some of the tweets are still there. And I, there's one that says, if we trade Johnny Boychuk, I'm going to go home and jump in front of the tee. So have fun with that. But, um, <laughs> I really loved the community. I think that's where I get my like community Twitter aspect. That's how I started. Mm -hmm. But that I started blogging for SB Nation um, about the Bruins, just kind of like stupid jokes and um, little game recaps and things like that. And then I lived in the same building as um, the Penn State hockey players who went D1, but they didn't get their new um Pagula Ice Arena yet, so they were still at Greenberg Ice Pavilion, RIP. Um, that place was terrible, but <laughs> it was great. Um, I, one of them one day was like, hey, like, come watch our game or something like that, and I did, and I was like, wait, um, hockey here? And they're really good, and Casey Bailey was on the team, and he ended up uh, playing for the Maple Leafs for, like, one game, but um, also, he's still in pro hockey, and a lot of them still are, but it was, like, before they were really good. But anyway, so I realized, hey, um, 
I could write about that. I had a lot of friends um, at Penn State that wrote for this blog called Onward State that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they use Twitter, right? And it was like, it's hard to explain, but it has the most followers of any uh, blog college blog in America. And it was just like the people started it in an honors college that, um, okay, I'm really rambling right now, but they started in an honors college um, because they didn't like how the collegian didn't use Twitter. Yep. So it was like, they'd break news and it was like journalism, but at the same time, it was like for students and whatever. So um, a lot of my friends wrote for that because I was like on the Twitter sphere. And then I applied for that and I got in and then I just started going to the games as a reporter. And it, I think learning that in college was huge just kind of like the ropes of how to cover a game other than just kind of like being at home just for me and my path so after that it was like okay i can start writing stories where i interview people and the rest was history and i proudly pull up the train as the least technically trained of the three of us (laughs) i was um I had no education on journalism. I was a strategic planning consultant for many, 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 many years. Not a big deal there. Nope, not at all. Well, but so many years that, no, I don't know what the hell Kim Possible is. I'm sorry. I'm too old. But (laughs) I can't. I can't can't believe that. She's amazing. Go go watch it. It's all on Disney Plus. Go watch it. (laughs) Anyway, so I, I was the stereotypical, like, following the blue jackets writing on a blog and i finally got a chance i applied for the fox sports ohio job when it opened up and i was one of three people hired but and i i rarely tell this but i feel like telling this today i was and i was the only woman of course and i was explicitly told i could not cover hockey i was only allowed to cover like community events and off ice events i couldn't do player profiles i couldn't do anything Oh my God. It's yeah. because your girl brain can't handle hockey. We it's know the delightful. rules. Delightful. Mm. However, I will say this. Like, I think that often, I mean, not necessarily the way that the athletic has done it, but like that kind of stuff always got brushed under the rug. Like, oh, it's just community service or whatever. But it gave me a really deep appreciation for yeah. finding creative stories. And I like telling those stories. So I still try to. Um, but it wasn't until I got a new editor that I was finally able to start writing about hockey and from there it was just clutching onto any opportunity by the skin of my teeth for eight years (laughs) so i'm the least educated of the three of us yay um okay but you're also one of the like here i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna pump your tires because we know this is like stop it but you are literally the best at blending you know the video the player insights and coaching insights and with data and making it understandable like i think everyone that walks away from reading one of your articles finds like they learn something new. So it kind of shows like you don't need to be professionally trained. Cause like, look, I'm not, I, I had two months of journalism and I was like, <laughs> fuck this, I'm out. And my grad program, I didn't learn fuck all about the journalistic side. It was more to be like the business side of it, like sponsorship and crap like that, which I, like, I didn't give a shit about, but, um, I ask you all my questions, literally. <laughs> just your spelling like questions. Just your spelling. No, every, every I'm like, uh, does, does, does this sound like an adult-like thing to write? And then you have to be like, let me fix it for you. <laughs> so don't sell yourself short there. We need to start a segment, Sarah. I don't know if you see them too, but we need to start a segment on the show of Shana's typos. <laughs> I think that would be entertaining. It's, I saw the so most recent bad. one. She, she also had one where she... What were you trying to say? But she talked about rotating otters. Oh, my God. So that was a fantasy column. And I was trying to write, like, rotating Edmonton, like, EDM and um, with slash and, I guess, Riddick. But I did not look at what I wrote. And it was just a note for myself as I, like, planned my list. And the worst is I send it to Allison for the first run through. And then I send it into our editor thinking it's the copy Allison sent me back with some corrections and you know she already made fun of me for my typos I sent the wrong one in (laughs) and my editor comes back to me and he's like what does rotating otters mean and I'm like excuse me and then I was like holy shit this is the wrong one like delete everything you saw can I send you the updated one it was it was a moment but at least like you know he's fantastic and knows I'm a train wreck and it's totally okay. My my typos are awful. 
Well, so now we're all very clearly qualified for the hockey writing. So yes. we, are, we are clearly qualified to answer this question. Sarah, we'll start with you. If you were in charge, what would be one rule change you would make in the NHL? Offside reviews. No, I'm done. They're canceled. I never <laughs> want to hear that again. I don't even want to say it. I don't. I'm over it. This is the stupidest thing. Imagine you're watching this game for the first time and you see the sickest goal and then there's an offside review and it's like, oh, this person is not only does this goal not count because of like the skate was a centimeter in the wrong place, totally. but also we're going to spend five minutes. <laughs> I know it's over. Shana, what's yours? Uh, I would say I don't I don't know if I exactly have like a full blown rule change, but I have two like very important tweaks. And the first being goaltender interference. There needs to be more black and white rules with that. The gray area is terrible. And uh, okay, my, shorts. I, I know his quote okay, with the box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> John Tortorella compared it to a box of chocolates from Forrest Gump because you never know what you're going to get. And that is one of the best comments to explain it. And I mean, a suggestion would be putting a goaltender in the booth in Toronto. I know they have a former referee now too. put a former goaltender in. Obviously you're getting two kind of opposite answers and the goalie is for the most part, he might be pro goalie, but you have so many other people who always go against what the goalie needs. And I think to better understand the position, you need someone who's played it. But more importantly, the rule I would change is the concussion protocol rules. The one that stands out to me the most was in Vegas's first year, Anthony Mantha, I think he need flurry in the head. And there, you could go through the rules, and there was nothing saying that he had to come out of the game because the rules are fairly strict on what counts, what doesn't, to pull a player or a goaltender out of the game. And for some reason, kneeing to the head was not one of them, despite the fact that he looked off his game after that. I mean, if I remember correctly, he was playing well and then allowed numerous goals, continued to play, and then I think they eventually pulled him because his performance had gone so low and they didn't recognize why it did. And then it turned out that he was concussed and missed numerous games after that. And they rotated through all those goaltenders. Like you need to have either more gray areas. So it encompasses more because the rules that they have fucking suck. Or you need to have more rules because you want to protect your players. Like it shouldn't be that, that oh, difficult. Now let's not get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if the rules, you know, we don't, the suspensions are one thing, the handling, the penalties divvied out, that's a whole nother thing. You know, you could say all hits to the head and you know, that's going to be a controversial thing, but it's for the best. But like, I think most importantly, if the players hurt, it's getting them out of the game. So they need to add rules to fix that. I have offered mine a couple times, but I'm, I'm sticking to it. I think that in some way, shape, or form, officials need to be available to the media after a game. Oh, that'd be great. I be love that. Because, like, and again, there's stuff that's happened in Columbus this year. Everyone saw Torts' rant about the clock getting screwed up. But, like, players have to answer for their play. Coaches have to answer for their coaching. Maybe even if it's like you can submit – because there is one professional league where you can submit questions via email or something – I don't remember which one it is, but like officials should have to be available to answer for, particularly if there's a controversial call, a controversial, any, like, and it can be restricted. It can be like, you have two minutes. It has to be via email, whatever. That's fine. But I think officials need to be available to the media as well. And that would help people get less mad at officials because totally. they'll realize it's a, it's mostly, sometimes it's not, but it's mostly a structure issue of what the rules actually are totally. and what like the the league says because a bunch of times Rob Benjamin will say I have a great relationship with this rep we're actually pretty good friends and we talk often but I don't agree with this rule or I don't agree with totally. this call and totally it's like, it's, they're just like Wizard of Oz like people <laughs> in Oz and we just have to blame them exactly totally because sometimes the rules are bullshit but you're right the officials yeah. are just upholding the rules like yeah it's the rule that's the problem Okay, we got this one from a listener. I love this one. We'll let Sarah go last because it might be the most difficult for her to come up with something new. The question is, Shana Goldman, mm -hmm. if your team did a storm surge, I guess we mean post-win on-ice victory, what would they call it and what would they do? Um, I think, this is mean, but I think the Rangers would not do it because they're like... <laughs> 
we're an original six team or we're above that we're gonna stand at the middle of the ice and raise our sticks and blah blah, blah. like they seem to be embracing fun like a lot more the last like year or so seem i know it sense they seem to be it appears you know they've up their social media presence and you have younger players and obviously that brings in so much more than um you know it's like it's like a new wave that you're bringing in uh something that they do that's so organic and not they do but one player does is panarin with his leg kick and i i think that like it's so organic on its own that i would never want to see something around that planned so i don't know if they'd actually like be able to come up with something like super fun and out there but like i would so love to see it because you know it's a young team and i think with the hurricanes you see this up-and-coming team did it and it really like put together their identity of like fun and chaotic and pissing off all the canadians and everything that you want to see so um yeah i i don't i don't see the rangers being super fun with that i'm sorry uh, <laughs> i wish they i wish i could say yes but like if they could do something like i don't know after a win if they could do something that would like further brand it as like theirs like maybe playing like one is a banajad songs or doing <laughs> something like that no like it sounds dumb but like his songs are fun and upbeat like if that was it like it would really put the identity of like it being them a little bit more like i think they play new york new york and it's kind of like pave your own way do your own thing so if they could do something like that i feel like that would be fun but someone is definitely going to at me and be like they could do xyz and it'd be so much better than anything you suggested and you're probably fucking right so <laughs> shana is in a mood i tell I'm you always in a mood <laughs> always well columbus would obviously do the cannon blast i think they could call it the cannon blast and like oh that's a good one <clears throat> The trick is, too, like, what makes Carolina's celebration so special is it's different every game. So I don't know if it would be, like, like you know LeBron's chalk thing where he, like, claps his hands together and throws the chalk up in the air? So I don't know if it'd be variations on that. Uh, like, it's some, it's like they're, it's a different blast or if it's a different blowing up thing or something like that every time. But they would definitely call it the cannon blast after wait, every win. Yes. Can I say, when you said that at first, I thought you were going to mean, like, them doing it on the ice like pretending to like catapult a player out and like sliding them across the ice and i was like yes that should be <laughs> i thought that's where you were going so i got very excited i like your idea it's definitely much more logical and less injuries and whatever but i'm just saying if they want to pretend to like put a player on like a little sled thing and like fling him across the ice and he comes out of the cannon if he's a player of the game i'm here for it Oh, that's going to be a clip. <laughs> Sarah, can you top the storm surge? Can you come up with a different name or a different concept? No, but I'll tell you a funny story. Um, one time um, in the locker room, there was a bunch of puppies because they were doing a calendar shoot or something like that. And Jacob Slavin turns to uh, one of the Hurricanes media relations folk who are lovely people, by the way, and said, when are we getting a team puppy? And he said, we don't have, we don't need a puppy. We have a storm surge. <laughs> That's so, great. <laughs> I at least came bearing stories. That's good, though. And, and how long should it go, Sarah? Do you think this sticks with the franchise in perpetuity or what? No, I think when Williams retires, it's over. Mm, mm, okay. That makes sense. No, I, I, I like that, though. If they did something like on special occasions or something, you know, like let's say like they retired his jersey and then they brought it back for that one night, that would be cool. When they yeah, fired him on a sled across the ice. I mean, <laughs> okay, wait, here's my question then. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a serious one. I'm ready. What if there, are there any other teams that stand out to you that you think could have some sort of storm surge that you think would be fitting for them like if the avalanche had something and yeah. it was called like the avalanche and they did something that was like i know that's kind of like a lame name because whatever but like it, it makes sense they are the avalanche and it's like you know it could be a thing but are there other ones that stand out you think that's hard the avalanche or the preds like that's that's it. Everyone throw catfish on the ground. Well, the Preds, too, have the person. Like, their fan base has the personality yeah. for it. Like, mm -hmm. they would embrace that, I think. Gosh, I'm trying to think who else. Like, the Sharks, they skate out of a shark's head, and I think that's cool. And Vegas does it with the helmet. And, like, it's definitely, like, a badass feel when they come on the ice. And I feel like Vegas would be a team. Vegas to would be good. Yeah, they could definitely think of something. But, like, both of their entries are cool, so I wonder if there's a way for them to take it up a notch to celebrate a win afterwards. Vegas could do, like, jackpot. Could and like some sort of like, like thing like that. I don't know. Yeah, 
they could go more medieval too and go with that whole intro that they had but i feel like that would be a lot it's delightful yeah i love it i'm here for it i like it a lot um this we had we did have a couple folks and we hear you we appreciate you we love you our western friends not complain but point out that as three people who are all covering teams in the eastern conference and specifically the metro that we do not talk about our western compatriots as much as we do our eastern friends so for this final question we each have to pick one player from each division quarantine edition question which player in each division would you want to be quarantined with sarah Okay, let me pull up the divisions. It's been a while. I know. I, know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I just looked up divisions. Like, <laughs> that was going to help. Okay. NHL divisions. Okay. <laughs> the Atlantic division. Um, I'm going to keep this to players that I don't personally know. Okay. Because I think that, like, it's not fair to the ones that I do know. Good okay. rule. Good rule. Um. Senators, Matt Kachuk. I mean, Brady. Oh, Kuch- oh my God. Can we delete this? Oh, my God. Okay. I want to be quarantined with Brady Kachuk. Because why? Then I would get the entire family. And I think, <laughs> yep. Good I think they're hilarious. Good play. Good play. The first family of the NHL. Good play. So, other okay. than the Pesci's. Metropolitan Division. Um. Who's funny on the Capitals? There's definitely some people with personalities in the Capitals. Oh, there's tons. Oh, yeah. Um, there's tons. Uh, Verona. Verona seems to have a really good personality. Yes. Very upbeat, very bubbly. Okay, from the second that he tried to show everybody his tattoo by lifting up his short sleeve <laughs> when his tattoo is already exposed, <laughs> that is my quarantine partner. That's my boy. <laughs> and Central Division. I would pick... Um, Who's funny on the blues? David oh. Perron seems like he has a good personality and he likes fancy stats. Because I'm a fucking I don't nerd. want to talk about my... <laughs> That's who Sarah I... wants to be with right there. I need somebody with an awful personality and who doesn't know how to count. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyler Sagan. I... I don't know him. Yeah, okay, Tyler Sagan. Let's quarantine with him. He seems like he knows how to have fun. Okay. Um, Pacific, okay, I know Ryan Reeves, but we're quarantining with, quarantining with him, and that's that. Interesting choice. All right. Shayna. Okay, so starting with, I'll start with the West. Uh, you said Brady Kachuk, and I had Matthew in my mind because I feel like, you know, he's super fun, so and like you said, <laughs> get the family, and, you know, I feel like he's someone that uh, I like as a player because I like – how much he pisses everyone off and he's such like you know everything about like his whole personality on the ice cracks me up and he seems like he has a good personality off the ice too so um him but if we want to stay out of the kachucks and maybe taylor hall i feel like he he like definitely it seems like a funny guy and he, he takes a lot of shit for literally no fucking reason so i like him um for the central division i'm gonna say i'm gonna get yelled at for saying this but like there's a good chance I choose Roman Yossi because, like, one, he seems like a good guy, too. He's fucking gorgeous. So if I could just, like, look at him the entire time, <laughs> there you go. Uh, if we're – if not, uh, Blake Wheeler, very good guy. Does good things with dogs, if I remember correctly. So if, like, there's dogs there, I'm happy. And um, the Atlantic Division, I think Keith Yandel would be a blast. Uh, he is absolutely oh, he's hysterical. Awesome. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. so, so funny. And I think he would be someone that's, like, incredibly, like, entertaining, keep things, like, light and interesting the entire time. And... I picked him, but he went to high school with my brother, so... Oh. Well. Yeah, so, you know, like, it's you know him by extension, so you can't. Yeah. Um, Metropolitan, though. Hmm. 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 It's a tough one. I'm, like, trying to, like, go through all the teams in my head. Um... I would choose. Mm. Hmm. Pick someone in the Kings because I couldn't. Okay. I think Justin Williams would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, it's probably stories like upon stories that definitely could have a good time there. Or I would would love to hang out with Dougie. Like, 
he yeah. he is kind of like nerdy and everyone like talks shit about that but like i i like that and he seems like just like a super nice guy to hang out with i mean look he took svechnikov under his wing maybe he wants to take me on and under his other wing they're quarantining <laughs> together so. There you go. You get both. I choose Dougie, and now I get Svechnikov too. And, I'm and you get his mom and his brother. You get Mrs. Svechnikov, who is—I uh, don't know if that's her actual name, but she <laughs> seems awesome. And you get Evgeny Svechnikov of the Detroit Red Wings. So I'm going to walk out of there so goddamn skilled. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be so good at hockey after that. Okay, so if we if we want to pick a player who's been who was traded at the deadline, do they, is it the team they played the most of the season with, or the team they're on now as a result of the trade? I would say the team they're on now. Okay, so for me, Metropolitan, I'm going to go with Jason Zucker. Oh, great choice! And then That's you get good. Carly, and she's amazing. Exactly. exactly, and I love all the nonprofit stuff that they do. They're awesome. See, exactly. Um. Oh, least. wait, I just remembered one that we no, both you, forgot, no. Sarah, for Who? the Metro. Who? Him. Kevin Hayes. Neither well, of us picked Kevin Hayes. Can I say I know that he told me into it every two days? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I don't sorry. want to be creepy Keep and pick him, but, um, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, sorry, Allison, you no, go. No, no, um, Atlantic? You know what? You know what? If it's fucking quarantine, I want to hang out with Brad Marchand. I want to figure that <laughs> shit out. Yeah. I want to know what's what it's what really is going on there. Like when the lights are down. Like you know, like how a comedian's totally different when they're not yeah. on stage. Like I want to mm-hmm. I want to dig into that. Oh, that's him. Sort of. <laughs> he's still funny, but he's like a very good person. Yeah, I really I, hype him up on this podcast because he wants to help people. And okay, his. Uh, kids are adorable. His kid is adorable. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, Central, <clears throat> my my talent based pick is Nathan McKinnon. Yes. And then the player I cannot believe either of you even contemplated, unless Sarah knows him personally too. <clears throat> Pacific, Eric Carlson. Oh, that's a good I don't one. Know him. I don't know. Him. <laughs> I'd love to hang out with him. I just that's want a good one to touch the mustache yeah did you see the instagram where his wife locked him out of the house no <laughs> it was fucking hilarious to. and like I she's just sta- oh, i know exactly yeah I, and like they're eating swedish meatballs and like they're teaching their little baby like, both languages like i love all of it like oh i'm God. here for it i know yeah exactly a good choice that's a very good choice also a great part of the country to be living in that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking all right we have Three, also listener submitted topics for everyone's favorite segment. No PSA this week. Fuck Mary Jill. <laughs> live to see another week of the podcast. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, Shayna, we'll have you go first. You ready? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Fuck Mary Kill. Goalies. Goalie edition. Vasileski. Tuca. Or Jordan Bennington. All right. Um... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Bennington. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I'd like to see him play in front of like a really shitty defense first. I, I mean, like you don't wish that on any goaltender, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, he has one of the better defenses in front of him, and you see just how they transformed last year after the coaching change. I think it was around like December, January, around January, or February, maybe that they like really tightened it up. So good for him. You know, it's it's not a slight against him, but yeah, so kill him. Rask, I feel like, is a very good goaltender that gets so much shit so often and doesn't get appreciated for just how good he is. Um, you know, like, people make fun of, like, oh, he has one bad month a year and blah, blah, blah. Like, every fucking person slumps. Shut up. Um, so I'm going to fuck Rask because I'm, I'm going to marry Vasilevsky. I, I like his game, and I think that he has gotten a little bit overly hyped at times because he's playing with a superstar team. But... Um, you know, I, I like how he took over. He's a younger goalie. I, I like to see where his game's heading. And also, like, he's a goalie that says, like, he enjoys being busier and he feels like he performs better when he's busier and has more going on. And, like, I feel like that's good. You know, you can throw a lot of shit at him and he can handle it. So, marry that. Sarah. Okay, I'm marrying Tukarask. Um, I just saw a poll uh, on Instagram, not Instagram, on Twitter this morning. And it 
this is why my therapist says not to go on my phone in the morning because <laughs> the poll was who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more, Julian Edelman or Tukarask? Tukarask! And the people voted for Edelman over Tukarask. It was like a lot of people. At least Rask hasn't cheated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do love my, we, we have to shout out to fellow Jew, Julian Edelman, for being a Jew. But, um, and my friend runs his social media. But anyway, <laughs> Tukarask, how do you not think he's one of the best goaltender like he's just so uh, it grinds my gears when people like don't think he's good because of the boston radio just it like sounds like everybody's dad and can just say whatever they want but um <laughs> i he's very good and um i need him to i just oh, i okay marrying him because i can't do the discourse anymore i'm fucking vasilevsky because he i love there's not many I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't really like goaltending. <laughs> it's just not my favorite part of the game. It's not something I totally understand. Um, it's not. It's just not my favorite. But I enjoy watching Vasilevsky make saves. Mm. I think he always has a fun save. And it's like, that might not be the most effective way to tend goal. But I'm no, keeping it's keeping me though. entertained. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to need some more out of Bennington. So I'll kill him. But I did love when he admitted to being hammered at the All-Star game. And I have a funny, let's just talk about all our funny stories because I miss talking to the guys so much. Um, you know, in the athletic poll when we had to do, um, we had to ask who would you want in net uh, for game seven? Yes. I I completely forgot that Joel Edmondson won in a game seven. And I'm like, Joel, who would you want in net for game seven? And he just looks at me like I'm the stupidest person. And he's like, um, Probably Jordan Pennington. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so there was that. Good for him. But definitely going to need to see the career develop over a few years. Yeah, I, I am actually the exact same as Sarah. Um, I'd also like to see Bennington apologize for something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be great. So yep. that, that, that lingers for me. Um, I'm all for getting better and moving forward, but acknowledging is important too in my book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, totally Mary Tuca. I mean, first of all, like Tuca, like it's just fun to say, like Tuca, <laughs> like it's just fun. Um, and yeah, Vassy, we'll, we'll fuck Vassy. Um, this one's fun. Sarah, fuck Mary Kill, power kill, power play, power forward. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but can power kill be a penalty play? Like a penalty can it play. Be, like can it be the Hurricanes' penalty kill? Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so a yeah. power kill is a very aggressive and offensively minded penalty kill. Yes. Okay. Sometimes I get confused if when we're talking about that, we're talking about like a really bad power play or a really good. Penalty kill. Okay, good penalty kill. We're marrying that. I I live for when the Hurricanes get a penalty because I love to watch. It's like pickpocketing. Like if you're fast enough, if you're skilled enough, you can just stunt on everybody. And I love that that's a trend that I think it was, it like goes, obviously the league um, goes in cycles. And I think it was really popular like sometime in the 90s when people were skilled at one point. And then now it's back and that you're putting your best players on the penalty kill. And I just really, I live for that. Don't let anybody take a breath. Anyway, Absolutely. so marry that. Um, what was the other option? Power play and power forward. Um, okay, we're going to fuck power forwards. I love them. I think that is <laughs> the most fun position in hockey. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, people like Michael Ferland, like, the, the problem is that it's live by the blade, die by the blade. Totally. Like, you get hurt so much. But, like, a perennial 20-goal power forward, it, like, Name something more fun to watch than that. That's the hockey I grew up on. <laughs> Mike Millery voice. But like, not an enforcer, but like somebody with skill that can also kind of lay down. Furland was, is awesome because he has like the cleanest hits. And then it's like he's skilled and it's 
destroy it. But uh, and then I'll kill power plays because when they're bad, they're really bad. Oh, so bad. Shayna. Yes. It's your turn. Um. Okay, I am going to also marry the power kill. I think it is so much fun to watch a team shorthanded when when they can actually push the pace of play. You know, when you see a team just standing there in defensive shell, it drives me crazy. But when you can see them anticipate better and look for ways to disrupt play, even if even if they're not creating offense, but they're just doing things to waste time and they'll pass the puck back to themselves or they they know just how to like push it out of the zone enough. Like I think it's so much fun and when you can take it a step further and then create offense on it. it it's it's chaotic, it's fun, everything about it. You're you know, I would watch like Teravinen and Aho all day shorthanded or the flames they had it with uh Mikhail Backlin. <clears throat> Columbus's, I was getting to them, of course. <laughs> Columbus had a very fun power kill, and I highly recommend you going back and reading what Allison oh, wrote about stop. it. You, you had a story this year. You tracked all. We did. That was funny. We did the power kill stories around the same time, and you went so in depth, and I was like failing at doing that. That I'm like, I need to change my strategy oh, because I didn't have the patience. But the Islanders, yeah. they're a fun team to watch shorthanded with. Uh, the, the injuries really really hurt them this year you know you lost Adam Pellick Sezikis was hurt for a bit Cal Clutterbuck but watching I think Casey Sezikis is a blast to watch uh shorthanded and same with like Anthony Bovillier and Brock Nelson seeing them get it you know a more offensive player you want to play your best players in all situations it makes them that much better so I would choose that um what you said about power plays when they're good they're great when they're bad they're goddamn terrible like uh it's it's tricky because like a power play can be so much fun to see like the puck whipping around and a team like really in formation dominating so i will fuck them because i know that they have potential to be good and if you fuck them you don't have to keep them around for when they're bad um <laughs> and, then, <laughs> Spicy. and then i will kill the power forward i i respect the position i like it i you know i do think that there's a lot of risk in that position but like if you had to ask me what kind of forward I would choose or I'd want to be or my favorite kind of players, like, I, I don't think I'd choose the power forward as much as I like and respect that. I'd be like, oh, I want the two-way player. Or, oh, I want someone that's so, like, offensively unbelievable like Panarin that you're watching all day and you can't take your eyes off of. So, like, that's where my mind's at. Where are you going with it, Allison? Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm marrying the power kill, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am killing the power play not only because – when it's bad, it's terrible. But also, like, to be honest, like, we're not seeing any innovation there at all right now. Everybody's running the one three one. Like, it's just no one's doing anything different. It's boring. It's lame. I hate it. And when it's bad, it sucks. So goodbye. Um, and I will fuck the power forward. Um, you know, when you think of Tom Wilson without the dirty hits, when you think of Josh Anderson, like, those players can be unstoppable like this gen like sarah said like this generation of power forward is just a really rare find which i think makes it more interesting so i will marry the power forward fuck the power forward yes that's what i'm going to do that's a good call we have one last fuck mary kill this one without giving away too much right off the bat i think we're all going to have some different answers based purely on our bodies <laughs> um <laughs> fuck mary kill quarantine attire and i will i will preface this the individual who submitted this to us said uh that they didn't mean it to be too personal but that some of this is the last thread of distinction between work <laughs> and non-work at this point so this is quarantine attire fuck mary kill shana you're going first okay sports bra bralette or underwire slash regular bra okay i um, I'm gonna kill the sports bra. I mean, like, I, I, I have a hard time finding one that, like, I genuinely like that I don't feel like I'm suffocating or I'm like layering sports bras because, like, when you work out, like, you don't you be, like, layer sports bras. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, if you get like, what are they like the lower impact ones? Like, I bought those and like I would wear like or medium impact and I wore like two because like if I actually haul my ass out to run, like I don't want to feel like I'm like moving. Like I, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's one thing that it, look, I, I know it damn well. Like if you think back, like I would you'd be in like gym class. You didn't like change your bra for it all the time. Like you just like wore what you had or if you didn't remember to bring something. And like y if you're running a mile and holding your tits the entire time, like it sucked. So you want to like 
batten down the hatches. About the show being yeah. canceled. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, this should, this should, you know, we're talking about things that people genuinely have interest in, all right? Obviously. We were asked um, this. We're just doing this human body. I'm sorry. Yeah. I could chop them off if I could. Oh, my God. Yeah, Well, that's please. why I'm shocked at this double sports bra, Shane. Okay, so go ahead, Shana. No, it sucks, but, like, I'd rather be, like, if I'm actually going to wear one, like, I want to be, like, secure in it. So, um, I hate underwire bras. I hate them so much, but I will fuck it because, like, very occasionally you do want to, like, put one on and, like, whatever. It's, they're there. Hello? Like, you, you do it to free. I don't do it for fucking anyone else. I'm doing it for myself if I put on an underwire bra because, like, <laughs> I want my kids to look good. I don't care about anyone else's opinion. Um, and I'm going to marry the bralette. Like, at first. Of course you I, are. This is my like, point. No. Go ahead. Yeah. So my issue originally was finding one that worked. And I went shopping with my friend and we are very different sizes. And she would put on ones that are adorable. And I felt like it was like a potato sack and I hated them. So once you find one that's good, it's amazing. And I have not gone back. Like every chance I get to not wear a real bra, I do it. Even if it's like something nice, I'm like, oh, I should dress up. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to wear this. So now that I've had them... there's no looking back for me. They're much more comfortable and you can like actually wear them all day without feeling like you're, you have something digging into you that you're ready to like take it off and switch out into something more comfortable. Sarah, I think you're going to speak for us both here. You go ahead. <laughs> First of all, it's, you're, you're speaking from a place of privilege. Yeah. You can wear, you can wear bralettes <laughs> and they make a difference. No, like, no, no, they just barely covers... make a difference. They barely make a difference. They're there and it's like, you feel like you're, you're like semi-covered from a place of privilege <laughs> you have to keep in mind i wear like t-shirts every day or sweatshirts so it's not like if it's not like put together it fucking matters because i just look like shit you know and just lazy 90 percent of the time but yeah like they there are some you can get now that aren't bad but like i i can't wear the majority that's out there so it's like once Shana, i find our one boobs that's are good. bigger than yours yes yes it's not but that i don't look put together it's that I don't have, it doesn't cover my breast. But um, okay, <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna marry sports bras because I need them for exercise, or that's just not gonna work. But um, I'm going to kill the rest of bras because I don't know if I'm ever gonna wear a bra again after this <laughs> pandemic. Like I, I finally gotten over my fear. Not only am I not gonna wear a bra again, but I might pierce my nipple and just I, I don't really? care anymore. Are you serious? I, I might. I might. I'm like really excited about it. Like I need to do something I say, crazy. I say do it. I used to want it so badly and I was going to do it. And then I was also like, if I get somehow caught with this, I'm fucked because I kept, I got in trouble for like piercings a million times that I was like, this one will be a very bad one and very awkward <laughs> to explain if like somehow someone finds out. I was like, no, this won't work for me. Oh God. That would be awkward, but yeah, yeah. my family is pretty lax. So yeah. So I'm just going to marry sports bras and kill everything else. I am, you, you swayed me, Sarah. I'm going to marry sports bras because, yes, I need them um, to work out. And if you just get a higher impact sports bra, you don't have to wear two, particularly when you really only need one more than the rest of us. I thought cheap ones because I'm poor. Hashtag <laughs> uh, I'm going to marry the underwire slash regular bra because, like, it's necessary. Um, and I'm going to kill Is them it? Well, I, I am at that place. I, some days yeah. I give up the effort of even caring anymore. Day is fluid. Days are fluid to me, but I try. Um, but bralettes, like seriously, let's talk. Like, come on, what even is it? It's nothing. It does nothing. <laughs> I might as well just like not wear anything. So kill the bralettes. Yeah, that's yeah. how I always felt. And then I shopped at uh, Airy, and they actually started ha- like half of them still suck, but they actually have ones that are like meant for people who are like fuller chested and like whatever and they it, what's nice is they have models who aren't just like stick figures that you'd be like yeah that doesn't help me at all like i whatever so they have some that are like better and they're like they have some yeah. with pads some i don't without. think you understand i know it's i'm a... saying they have some though that you're I, not getting i will support. bet you one million dollars that there is not a bralette i can wear maybe i, I believe it a until i found dollars. one i liked <laughs> i have gonna... like two and that's it I'm going to use some of my government, hard-earned government money on one, precisely one bralette from Mary to see what happens. Read the reviews. That's how I picked mine. I read all the reviews. Our next episode will be all about piercings (laughs) and Sarah's bralette adventure. (laughs) Well, that was a lot, listeners. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did we miss anything along the way, Sarah and Shayna? Um, the friends we made. Yes. Yeah, there you go. The bras we wore and the friends we made. <laughs> <laughs> anything else we need to mention, girls, ladies, lovelies? Um, is there anything else? Hmm. All right, is people, the cave. Are, are we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that sucks. That does suck. Yeah. That does suck. I can't. I, did you see that Instagram post from his wife? Yeah. Oh, my God. I cried. I, I cried. I can't. Because... I know. Yeah. I can't. Just, it's just a reminder, even in these times, too, to uh, reach out to people that you yes. think about and care about and let them know that you do. Why not? You don't know what's going to happen today, tomorrow, or next week. So why not take a few minutes if you've got nothing else to do and reach out to someone you care about and say, hi, I care about you, and say something nice. It's better than the alternative, I say. Absolutely. Yep. Well, everyone, we appreciate you sticking with us through this quarantine times. We're thinking of all of you. We hope that we're bringing you some smiles and laughs, some distraction even maybe just along the way. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at two underscore under much underscore man um, check out our merch uh, we're, we've had such great response from you guys we're able to do sales we're able to do giveaways so you'll see that on our twitter from time to time watch for that thanks for your incredible amazing continued support buying our stuff and sharing it in photos and, and wearing it around that's so cool for us to see um, we'll be back next week and in the meantime sarah want to tell our listeners farewell <laughs> Why sayonara suckers just pop into my head you guys aren't suckers um love you thanks so much for listening seriously and merch i can't believe anybody's buying merch um but then again the merch is pretty kick-ass so. it is it thank is. you you're welcome etc kudos to shana for all that shana any parting yes. words no just bye that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody we'll see you next week